all the changes I made when it came to our relationship came from me working on me, not me working on him. When I changed myself, he automatically changed and responded better. Welcome to Transforming the Toddler Years, a core four parenting podcast blending soul and science-based strategies to empower pandemic moms like you raising kindergarten-ready kids. I'm Cara Terrell, your host, a lifetime lover of littles, girl mom, early childhood educator, and conscious parenting coach who truly believes that how we connect and collaborate with our kids in the first five years is how we raise world-ready kids who will change this world. Today's guest is my good friend, Chitra Rochlani. And she's here to talk about her warrior mindset. She wrote a book with that title, but her warrior mindset journey really started back when her kids were younger and she hired a parent coach to help her make a massive mindset and perspective shift to deeply connect with them on levels that she didn't know would have such positive outcomes. Now, she's a wellness coach, speaker, and author of her new book, founder of Fit Warrior Life, and she conducts interactive workshops designed to break down the complex topics like mindset, intuition, meditation, into simple and practical and achievable steps. Really lean into this episode, walk away with a mindset shift of your own, and let's do the big work on ourselves so we can really help our kids. Chitra, you and I met last summer at a conference and I heard you speak about mindset and you were talking generally and I thought that is something that my moms and dads who listen to this podcast have to hear. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I was so excited to meet you as well. Um, and we'll get into all the reasons why I love parenting coaches. But yeah, I'm Chitra Roshdani. I um, am a wellness coach, a speaker, and uh, the author of a brand new book called The Warrior Mindset. Yeah, mindset is everything. Um, it really does impact all of our thoughts, our words, our actions, and ultimately our results. So I do believe um, in the power of mindset and and helping people bring awareness to what their mindset is and where it is so that we can start to peel the cobwebs off and kind of just, you know, see what's underneath and try to become more aware of it. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. So this idea of mindset inside parenting, it's funny because when I talk to people, the very first thing that they ask me is, what is the strategy to fix this problem I'm having or this behavior that my child is exhibiting? And when I circle them back and say, um, well, tell me who is your child? Like, show me through their eyes what the world looks like. They're just like, what? This doesn't, wait, that's where we start? But parenting <laughs> truly is a mental game. Oh. Isn't everything though? Isn't everything? I mean, listen, I have two teenage boys, uh, you know, actually one's 20 years old now and one is 16. So, you know, I've been through that whole, you know, toddler to adolescent, all of those like different teen years. And 
as I shared with you earlier, I had ended up working with a parenting coach when my son was a teenager. And little did I realize, like you're saying, that all the answers would come from me and I would have to look within before I was going to fix anything that was going on with my child. (laughs) So um, for sure, I think we project into the world what we're feeling. Our fears as moms is a big one, you know, moms and dads for that matter, you know, and we worry so much about this amazing human being that has been given to us in the form of a child. And we're supposed to somehow magically mold this person into the most amazing potential that they can reach. And somehow we think it's our responsibility and it's our, the onus of that is completely on us, but it's not. There's a lot of factors that play into it. And all we need to do, I think, is understand, again, our mindset, where we're coming from, the history and the conditioning that we have experienced as kids from our parents and what we're trying to then do or undo and pass it on to our kids. So there's so much that we need to understand. But, you know, like you said, most people are just like, show me the band-aid. Let me give me the quick fix. Let me just get to it and fix it, you know. But yeah, the answers are all deep down inside of us. (laughs) And we got to excavate them with help like from people like you. Oh, I love that. Excavate it. That's so good. So one of the things that I love about you is you call yourself a warrior, right? That this job that we have in life is something that we are constantly evolving into. Now, you use it in this empowered, powerful, I'm in control of my reality, watch me roar kind of way. But I have parents who say to me, honestly, parenting feels like a battlefield. It feels like I'm at war sometimes. So all of this is just a reframe. Can you help us reframe how to get from I wake up and I'm in my battle zone to wait a minute, I get to be a warrior in a different kind of way? Yeah. You know, I talk about uh, in my book, I talk about the warrior and the witch, and they're constantly inside, you know, this evil witch who's telling us, you're not a good parent. You're not, you know, taking care of your kid. You're not doing the best you can. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not. And then the warriors whispering like, you're doing okay. Like you're, you're showing up, you're doing the best you can. And, you know, it's like working through that, that inner dialogue sometimes is so hard for us. And when we can have somebody else like you come in and be like, okay, let's let's listen to what's going on in there. Let's just take a listen, you know, because oftentimes we forget that we get to be parents. <laughs> and that is such a huge, huge blessing that so many people wish they had, right? So again, reframing it to I have to parent my child in the best way possible to, oh my God, I get to be a parent while so many women are going through fertility issues, right? Suddenly you're not so angry with this child. And then the other reframe that I think worked for me personally was, you know, my teenager is not waking up in the morning trying to press my buttons and annoy me. That's not his goal when he wakes up, right? His goal is to find a way to survive my madness, if you will, you know, and I'm trying to survive his madness. So we're all going through our own struggles. I'm judging myself as a parent constantly, right? And I'm judging myself based on other people, other parents around me, other kids around me. And I'm trying to see where I fit in with all of them, right? So all of my parenting struggles came from how well I fit in with the other parents, And when I was able to see that 
and reframe it to, it's not about how I fit in. It's about me providing the best for my child. What does he need? That was an eye opener for me. That was like, whoa, it's not about me. No, (laughs) like what? (laughs) It's about him. And then that kind of rippled into a lot of other things that helped. Oh, the intentionality that, that you're coming from. I love this. And thank you for calling out what their intentionality isn't. I say this all the time, right? You've heard me say toddlers and teenagers are essentially the same person going through different things, but emotionally, there's just so much similarity there. And I tell parents all the time, your toddler does not wake up and do what you do, right? We wake up and our brain is already in list-making mode. What are the requirements of the day? What do I have to do? What don't I have to do? Who am I still mad at? (laughs) It's all in there. That's not what toddlers do. They don't wake up and do a running list of how many times can I upset my mom today? I think I'll probably have six meltdowns. Yesterday I only had five. That's not how it works. Every day is a reset. So what are some of your go-to reset whatever they might be for you. For me, they're 100% mantras because I need to have a back pocket sentence that's ready and familiar when I get triggered. What are some of yours? Oh my God, I have so many. But you know, like in the book, I talk about seven mindset shifts and they're literally like mantras for me because they're a believer, not doubter, fearless, not fearful, victor, not victim, or even warrior, not warrior, you know? And it's like simple things like that, that kind of just reset your mind. And if we really took the time to understand what you just said, right? And what what I was saying earlier about that reset, kids are not carrying all of that with them all the time. Like I remember, you know, if I had a, you know, a breakfast battle with one of my kids, they would go off to school. They wouldn't even think about it three seconds later. And I would be pondering on that all day. Like I would feel bad that, you know, something happened where I maybe yelled at him or I said something that I shouldn't have or, and then I would simmer in that all day long, you know, and it would become this like, you know, concentrated mess of like blame and whatever, like, you know, this anger and frustration. And I'm like, what am I doing to myself? And then he would come home and he would be like, la-di-da, happy, like, mom, I had a great day. And mom, da 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 mom. And I'm like, do you not remember what happened this morning? <laughs> but it's so important to have that reset, right? So one of the mantras is, you know, don't hold on to it, let it go. There was this uh, story that I had heard a while back about two monks walking through the woods. And there was this old woman who, I don't know if you've heard it, this old woman who needed help. And he, one of the monks picked her up on his back and helped her across the river. And then he put her down and then he started walking. And the other monk is like, you're not supposed to touch women and whatever. Like, how did you do this? And he's like, I let her go like a while back. You're still holding on. Why are you still holding on? So, you know, we hold on to stuff unnecessarily so many times. And so like, we just need to let it go. Like, let it go. It's so much easier when you do. It takes practice. It takes time. But, you know, once you learn how to do it, it's so worth it. That's really vital what you just said, how we are the thinkers. And so after an event like that, our brain starts to dissect it because we want to think about how we would do it differently next time, because we know there'll be a next time, right? That those are not isolated events and they never happen again, or we wouldn't be looking for strategies. Um, But their brains don't do that. Their brains are like, oh, we're on the other side of that. Okay, we're done. Because toddlers, 
and teenagers are, and this is biologically true, I'm not being unkind, they're very egocentric, right? (laughs) They're in their own lane all the time. How does it affect me? How does it positively affect me? How will that negatively affect me? Uh, And so we need to give them space to do that while also thinking about, I'm going to let this go, but next time I'll just choose these words instead. Great. Yeah. I think that it's not rocket science, right? This whole parenting game even though it seems a little overwhelming most of the time, it's actually simpler than we think. And if we reach out to people who've been through it, they will give you like, I mean, you can just walk into a store and have a toddler throwing a tantrum and there'll be 20 moms who will be willing to give you tips and advice, right? Because they've been through it, because they empathize with you, (laughs) because they've seen this happen. So it's really sometimes I think that warrior mode for me means asking, right? Asking Mm. for help. And it doesn't even mean that you have to hire a parent coach, parenting coach. If you can, and if you have the funds, do it. By all means, it's a game changer. It's a life changer. I know mine changed my life and my relationship with my son forever, which I don't think I would have had a really great relationship now. If not for the person I worked with, I wish I knew you back then. I would have more than one person on my uh, lane to help me and cheer me on. But, you know, I would ask my friends who've been through it already. I'm like, how did you do this? This is so hard. And they would give me tips. And out of four of them giving me four different tips, I would go home and implement one. You know, one. I'm just going to try one of these today. And whichever one kind of stuck, that was my go-to. You know, so there is no rocket science and there is no one way to do it. But I think at the end of the day, we remember that, you know, there are resources out there. And we should reach out and we should ask for help. And then we get the help and then we implement. And then it's not a big problem anymore. It's not as huge as it was in our head. Bringing you curated content and amazing guests like this one is one of my favorite things to do. Brings me such joy. And so I'd love to get to know you even better. I'd love for you to share with me what your parenting goals are for this year, what your biggest struggles are, what topics you'd like to hear covered on the show, and what guest experts you think would be amazing to come on and share their knowledge and expertise with you. And as always, I love to give. So go to caratarrell.com backslash share and share this information with me. Every month, I will pull a winner who gets a one-on-one coaching session with me to help you personalize this parenting journey. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And I cannot wait to read all about you, your kids, and the amazing ways that you are transforming the toddler years. You said two things that are very important. I'm going to start with your warrior clan, if you will. We need one. You cannot do this in isolation, primarily because your brain is going to talk you out of all your good ideas and lean you the way you don't want to go. But you need those people. You need the people you have that strong relationship with who you can trust, even on the days when you're not looking for advice. Just even on those days where you say, I just need you to hear me be frustrated and overwhelmed today. So that was the first thing I heard you say that I really want to call out. And, you know, we have a virtual village, which is filled with like-minded moms who that's their safe space. They know they can come. Yeah, it's digital. Sure. It's online, but it's private and it's safe. 
I can just say whatever I need to say that day. The other thing you talked about was kind of this parenting in public thing, mm. which is a whole different ball game. And I really see a world, I envision a world where parenting in public is a safe, supported space where you can lean on people and they will cheer you on. But it's not always like that. Mm. There can be a lot of blame and shame that happens. So inside this shell that you've created for yourself, where you're like, I am strong, I am capable, I can get through this. How did you help yourself in those moments where you felt like other people, whether they were or they weren't, were judging your journey? I think it all comes back to self-awareness and self-acceptance. Because, um, you know, and I'll tell you, my kids have not taken the traditional route when it comes to, you know, um, college in fields that is traditionally acceptable in my culture, so to speak. Um, I'm from India. And, you know, most likely you will hear this thing for everyone who is growing up there. You're either or at least it was in our time. You're either an engineer, doctor, lawyer or failure. Those were your options. And so that's a lot of cultural baggage to carry, you know, and living in a town where, you know, there are predominantly Asian families who are excelling. The kids are all excelling, doing like 20 APs, really doing well for themselves and power to them. But it, you know, sometimes would get difficult for me to allow my kid to be who he was um, and flourish and nourish what his uh, passion was when I started comparing myself to the other parents in town, right? And I'm being totally vulnerable here, but <laughs> in the interest of helping somebody who's listening, um, I will say that it took a lot of unearthing my own belief systems to figure out where I stood with all of that, right? And as I had been evolving in my own journey, I realized that I valued passion over everything else because I know a lot of people were making a ton of money and very successful, but they're not truly happy inside. And so to me, that was the biggest, you know, the weightage that I wanted to put. But I didn't know this until I did some self-awareness work and I did some digging to find out where I stood. Because once you know where you are, once you know yourself and what you stand for, it becomes easier to then be this pillar of support for everyone around you, including your children. And so I think, yeah, that's the big self-awareness piece that it's huge. And then, you know what happens next? And it almost, it almost happens organically. And it's just so beautiful. It's like a flower blossoming. Once you have done that work for yourself, all of a sudden you're able to observe, I call the who-ness of your child. And it becomes crystal clear for you. Oh, this is who they are. These are their characteristics that are just so valuable, whether or not the world values them. And when you give them space and hold them in a safe container to truly be who they are, all of a sudden, what they do becomes magical. And it doesn't matter what it is. I was chatting with a high schooler the other day, actually, um, because I do some some work in a junior, senior high school too. I asked her, who do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, wait, aren't you asking me the wrong question? I said, I'm not sure, am I? And she said, everybody says, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm ready to answer that one. 
And I said, oh, no, actually, I'm asking you the right one. Yeah. Who? Who do you want to be? Because once we know that, once we know that your value system, Mm -hmm. you can knock it out of the park at doing whatever you choose to do. Yeah. And it's magical. It truly is magical because, you know, even though it was hard for me and I call my older son, my guinea pig, and he knows this, but I, you know, it's like, cause you know, I'm a first generation, you know, immigrant here. I don't know what the system is here, what it's like. I had to relearn everything with him. And I remember like, it used to be a struggle to get him to do anything. Right. And now I see him adulting so beautifully and so amazingly and i'm just in awe of how he shows up in life because he's happy and he's following his passion and he's studying film and media and it's not your typical career traditional path in terms of my culture but you know what it makes him happy it makes him joyous and he thrives in that environment and he'll tell me he's like you know in my school the kids just want to party and whatever and i just i have so much to do and he's so dedicated and so focused on his work right now. Like I couldn't have paid him to do that in school, in high school, you know, because he's like, I don't care about the SATs. I don't care about that. This is what I want to do. And he knew, he always knew what he wanted to do, but I had to allow him to be. Yeah. And then the magic happened. So yeah, it is beautiful. It's amazing. That story that you just told, we have actually a couple of similar ones in that, that generational piece that you were talking about earlier, that conditioning that some of it's aware and some of it we're just not aware of at all. I am the product of educators. I went to high school and I was just told, this is how it works. You go to high school and then you go to college and then you go to grad school and then you get a job and you do the thing that you love to do. End of story. At least the love to do was in there. Um, And so I was like, oh, I guess that's just what you do. So I did. And then we were raising our girls. And I said a very unpopular opinion. I said, you don't have to go to college. But when you turn 18, and they knew this from their tiniest years, we talked about it. When you turn 18, you do need to go start your life. You need to go find something that you want to try, that you love to do, that you could do all day long without the idea of a paycheck around it. You just love it that much. You need to go find your passion, find who you are. The journey of self-discovery at 18 matters more to us than the journey of collegiate learning. My parents had a hard time hearing that. My girls were like, woohoo, we don't have to go to college right on. Okay, here, I'm ready for the twist. (laughs) They're both in college, but they didn't intend it. There was a break. It found them for different Mm -hmm. reasons. And because it was now available to them and they were available to entertain the idea of it through their lens, they were like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And, you know, that's the beauty of, allowing them to be is that they do eventually find their way, you know, and instead of us fitting these, you know, uh, square pegs into a round hole, it's better that they organically find themselves, but it's hard. It's hard as parents to let go. And I can totally relate to the fear that a lot of parents listening to this might be feeling right. But in my book, I talk about one chapter is dedicated to like fearful to fearless. And, you know, it's fear is a huge, huge, factor, I think that impacts parenting, right? Because we're so afraid of messing this up 
as parents that we almost like unknowingly mess it up just without, you know, thinking about it because we're overthinking everything to death. And I've, I've read a lot of books on parenting. I've, I've listened to a lot of great podcasts. And I know that now I know, I wish I knew this when my kids were toddlers. I learned when they were teens, when my older one was a teen. But it's not, we're literally just caretakers. And I always use this example of like, would I do this to someone else's kid? You know, and that's a question. If that answer is yes, then I'm like, all right, I'm okay. But if the answer is like, no way, I would never say that to someone else's kid then I try to hold myself back. And I'm like, okay, let's reassess this. Is it really what I want to say to him? And what's driving what I want to say to him? Is it the fear? Because then I need to address the fear. And all the changes I made when it came to our relationship came from me working on me, not me working on him. When I changed myself, he automatically changed and responded better. That was gold. That little nugget right there. We hear about this in the personal development world all the time. Would you talk to yourself that way? But reframing it to, would you talk to someone else's kid that way? Wow. If you walk away with nothing else from this episode, and there's plenty else to walk away from, take that one with you as that back pocket question, just in case you're over-triggered and really just not sure if you're reacting or responding. Oh, Chitra, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. Please tell us more about the book, because it sounds like these seven shifts are going to make such a difference, not just in this parenting game, right? It's going to do that inner work that allows us to show up differently for ourselves, for our friends, for our partners, our coworkers, and yes, for our kids. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Oh my God. It's all, all comes back to what's going on inside of us. The entire perception we have of the world around us is shaped by what we think about ourselves. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this quick thing when I fixed or I shouldn't say fixed, but when I healed my relationship with my son, I, I healed a part of my own relationship with myself because when I gave him permission to be himself, I realized that I could give myself permission to be myself, you know, and that's what you're saying. Like it has an impact on everything we do, starting with ourselves. Right. And so for me, I think that hiring a parenting coach, listening to her talk about my fears and what was driving my, you know, the conditioning that I had, and that's what was driving my behavior towards him and not him being him in a typical teenage brain, it was eye-opening for me. And then I started quite looking at all the conditioning I had been through, right? One of the reasons I kind of wrote the book is for people to kind of see that, you know, we spend so much time living in worry, fear, doubt, insecurity. We blame other people and other situations around us for what we're going through. You know, we forget what it's like to live in a state of, you know, abundance, which we can have, but we don't know how that feels like or what that should look like. So in my attempt really in the book was to break things down and simplify them because I know everybody knows that mindset is important, right? We all have heard this mindfulness mindset. It's the buzzword. It's everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. So, you know, before I wrote the book, I really dug deep into why am I writing this book? Is there a need for another book on mindset? And what I came up with was nobody's really breaking it down 
and simplifying it. And so I have a three A's system in my book that I talk about. And the three A's are awareness, acceptance, and action. And with each of the seven mindsets, I go into these three A's and I have exercises and I have a worksheet and I have a breakdown because I'm like, you know, if people know that they need to go from fearful to fearless, that's one thing. But if they know how to do that and if they have the steps and if they have the assessment at the end, then they really are leaving with something tangible. You know, and I share a lot of stories and a lot of examples because I, that's how I learn when I break things down and I have, you know, stories and examples and ideas and I put them all together and then I have a worksheet to work on. That's like, okay, I'm, now it's all going in, you know, because if you read about it, you might forget. You know, if you watch a video, you might forget. But then when you really sit down and write it out, like somebody just told me, she said, you know, when you did the, because I do workshops around my book. And so when I did a workshop, she was like, well, I was sitting around everybody and I didn't want to put down on paper what I was really thinking. But then when I read your book, I sat and I wrote every single thing down. And there was so much that came up that I wasn't aware or wasn't thinking about. So, yeah, I'm trying to break it down and make it simple for people to break through these seven mindsets one at a time, you know, and then hopefully by the end, you have this great self-awareness about yourself. And listen, it's not a one and done right? Mindset is not a one and done job. It keeps coming up. I still to this day struggle with mindset, but I know that I have the tools and I have the awareness to go back to. And so that's the goal with the book. Amazing. So it's called The Warrior Mindset. We will have the link in the show notes, grab a copy, commit to yourself, right? It's a new year. Commit to yourself, dig in, see what you can do internally. That's going to help your external relationships. And One final thing I really want to say that you hinted at, but it's too important not to put an exclamation point on, is if you're listening and you have toddlers, like you likely do because you listen to the show, great. If you have other kids of other ages, if you are remarried or in a new partnership and they bring kids of other ages, it is never too late to redefine and repair those relationships. And that is for me, the beauty of the human experience. So don't write these kids off. Don't write yourself off. Let's do the work and let's raise a generation of kids who really know who they are and add some serious value to the world. Thank you, Chitra, for being here. I am so grateful to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Until our next episode, let's transform the toddler years.